This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. <laughs> it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 51 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. <laughs> You guys are wondering why I'm laughing. <laughs> ah, just Google the Dallas Cowboys and you'll know why. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys really thought they were some real contenders. They really thought they were going to win and go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> we're going to get into that. But before we get into all that, man, if you're tuning in here for the first time to the Statman Sports Podcast, I always so love man we appreciate all the support if you're tuning in from google podcast spotify itunes from wherever man if you haven't hit that subscribe button just hit it for those of you who've already been there you know what time it is appreciate the support <laughs> oh man i'm quite happy today a lot of good things have happened this weekend of course from the day you hear this this uh this podcast two days later will be my birthday so happy happy early birthday to me be the big three four man yeah i know i don't look it those of you who know me yeah i don't look 34 man i look more like i'm 21 and i still get carded at the movies can you believe that that's ridiculous <laughs> but you know who should be carded though right that damn dallas cowboys defense that's who should be carded aaron Rodgers and aaron jones carved them up on the game of the week on nfl sunday man we're gonna talk about that what about the Cleveland Browns? What is up to them dudes? A lot of you jumped on their bandwagon. Where y'all at now? Them dudes don't look that good. And of course, we're going to talk about some MLB playoffs. Because that's very important as well. A lot of teams are looking hot. A lot of teams are looking not so hot. Some great series are going on right now. And I know you guys want to know what I think about all this. So with no further ado, man. Let's just get right into it. With what are you talking about, bro? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? How about the damn Dallas Cowboys? How about them? <laughs> ah, a lot of you are wondering why I'm taking so much joy in Dallas demise right now. You know why? Because I can't stand their fan base i just can't stand it y'all were out here putting out your chest pumping up Dak prescott making him seem like he's a second coming of aaron Rodgers, or drew Brees, or joe montana talking about he's worth 35 to 40 million dollars a year in what universe you live in not even on madden i don't even think the madden computer will accept such a trade Free to trade that Prescott and pay him 35 to $40 million. Get out of here, man. But you know what it is, though? I'm going to break it down for you, for you guys to understand why, why I take so much joy in the Dallas Cowboys right now and them not performing. Y'all need to understand this, okay? The Dallas Cowboys, their schedule, the first three games of the season, those, those are teams they were supposed to beat. They played the New York Giants when Eli Manning was still their quarterback. Eli Manning couldn't do anything. Eli Manning couldn't even put on his own socks that game. They beat the they beat the 
New York Giants. Then they played the Washington Redskins. And then they played the worst team we probably have seen in the last 20 years in the Miami Dolphins. Dallas Cowboys were 3-0. Dak Prescott was 28 for 38 in the third quarter, all up into the third quarter of the Green Bay Packers game this week. And everybody was bucking out their chest, talking about the the, the Dallas Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl and the most... The most and best scenario for the Super Bowl, which happens to be, I think it was like 21%, the the FPI, the ESPN FPI pick, the most likely scenario for the Super Bowl would be the Dallas Cowboys versus the New England Patriots. And then we watched the game against the New Orleans Saints in prime time. Score was 13 or 12 to 10, whatever it was, 13 to 10, 12 to 10. The point is, Dallas, that vaunted Dallas offense. Only muster up 10 points in New Orleans. Mind you, mind you now, this is against the backup quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, Teddy Bridgewater. Not even Drew Brees. But everybody was raving. Oh my gosh, Dak Prescott made this tremendous stride in his passing game. He's improved so much. I never picked up a football, a competitive game of football the day in my life. But if I played... The New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins, and Washington Redskins would happen to be the, the bottom three and def- the bottom three defenses in the NFL. I can probably go 28 for 28 in the third quarter and have a 158.3 quarterback rating, just like Dak Prescott. Okay. Lamar Jackson dropped 53 points on the Miami Dolphins. Tom Brady dropped 47 on the Miami Dolphins. And we're gonna get into that, talking about the New England's the New England Patriots defense. So, this idea that the Dallas Cowboys are way on their way was fool's gold. The moment they played two good teams in the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints, they look mediocre. Dak Prescott looked like a top, bottom 20 quarterback in the NFL. That's exactly what he looked like. I don't want to hear about this comeback that they made against the Green Bay Packers. At one point, the score was 31-3. The game was over before halftime. The Green Bay Packers were just teeing off. They just laid back. They didn't care. They knew they had the game in hand. Nobody was fooled by the, the that final box score, and that's what I'm here for. You just don't look at a box score and think that's how the game went. Because that's not really how it went. Dallas was outplayed at the defensive line. They were outplayed in the offensive line. They were outplayed in the play action. Dak Prescott's numbers would have looked a lot worse. Oh, but he had 463 yards. Ah, uh, like 300 of them was garbage time yards. Because like I said, Green Bay, Green Bay just put, just took their foot off the gas. They had the game won already. So Dak Prescott, these numbers are fool's goal. And let me move on to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott rushed for 73 yards. You know what's the Dallas Cowboys record when Ezekiel Elliott rushes for less than 75 yards? The Dallas Cowboys are 1 and 8. Franchise quarterbacks, with or without a running game, they should muster up some wins. They're 1-8. and eight. You know what Aaron Rodgers is with practically his whole career without a running game? He's a two-time MVP. He has the best quarterback rating in NFL history. He won a Super Bowl. Let me throw this caveat in there for you guys, for you to understand how great of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is. And at no point am I comparing Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers because they don't even belong in the same class for that matter. But I'm just making the point of what you want to consider 
a franchise quarterback. Because I don't consider Dak Prescott a franchise quarterback. Because if you have to rely on having a great defense, having to rely to have a great offense, I mean a great uh, offensive line, and having to rely to have a great running game in order for you to be successful, then I don't consider you a franchise quarterback. All those things that I mentioned, it would be great to have them for a team to be successful, for a team to win. That's all great. But these are these, but this is something I want you guys to understand. Aaron Rodgers, the one season he had a top ten defense, and he had a top ten running game. He's won the Super Bowl. But here's a common denominator: the Dallas Cowboys won Super Bowls with just two quarterbacks, John Starbuck. Troy Aikman the Pittsburgh Steelers have been in existence since the 1930s or the 1940s if I'm not mistaken they've won Super Bowls with two quarterbacks Ben Roethlisberger Teddy Bradshaw Teddy uh, Teddy uh, Bradshaw the New Orleans Saints Seattle Seahawks they won a Super Bowl with one quarterback Russell Wilson's and Drew Brees respectively. Isn't Drew Brees a Hall of Fame? If Russell Wilson continues on this path, wouldn't you think he'll make the Hall of Fame? The Green Bay Packers. They have now going on 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. They won Super Bowls with three quarterbacks. Bart Starr, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. So you see the theme here. You see the, do- the the common denominator here. You only win the big game if you have a special guy at that position. And Dak Prescott is not that guy. Too much has to go right in other places in order for Dak Prescott to perform. John Elway was a great quarterback. He won multiple MVPs. But he just needed one thing to go right. Give me Terrell Davis. Put him in the right spot and I'll do the rest. Some quarterbacks just don't need much. Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is on offense, we see how his defense lets him down. But Patrick Mahomes carries 70% of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a special talent. So now the Dallas Cowboys are being exposed for what they are. Pretenders. Exactly what they are. They are pretenders. You played three bad teams, you want to puff out your chest. And now that you played two good teams and two teams that are actual Super Bowl contenders in the NFC, you are a no-show. You know why you pay Ezekiel Elliott $100 million? For this exact reason. For this exact reason. The Green Bay Packers were stacking the box. The New Orleans Saints were stacking the box because they know Dak Prescott can't beat us. I don't want to hear that Amari Cooper was hurt. Oh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devontae Adams on Sunday. Who happens to be arguably a top five receiver in the NFL? Who was Aaron Rodgers thrown to? Unless you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Do you know who their wide receivers are? Don't worry. I'll wait. Most of you don't. So this notion, these excuses. Oh, Dak Prescott has made progress. No, he hasn't. 
He's the same old Dak Prescott. He still doesn't throw accurately down the field. He still doesn't put the balls for his receivers to have a make a play. And he still has to rely on other parts of the team in order for him to be successful. So yes, I take great joy in their demise right now. Because they are being humbled. It takes more than just having a name. It takes more than just being the Dallas Cowboys. And let's not let's not even talk about Jason Garrett. Dallas, if you think you're gonna pay Dak Prescott thirty five to forty million and keep and t- and keep uh, Jason Garrett as your head coach, you're gonna win a Super Bowl. Then you have another thing coming. Nothing's going on in Dallas. It's gonna be the same as usual. You're probably gonna win nine or ten games. You're probably gonna fold in the first round of the playoffs, and we're gonna have the same story again next year. Dallas, Dak Prescott, right now, they're just not built for prime time. Let's just segue into this. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett. Oh, they have a bunch of studs in offense and defense, man. The Cleveland Browns are going to win the division. They're going to win the AFC, uh, the AFC um, North division. Where were the Cleveland Browns on prime time against the San Francisco 49ers? Matt Breida carved them up. That's without Jimmy Garoppolo even having a good game. The Cleveland Browns couldn't stop the running game. They have they had no idea what to do with Matt Breida. Shout out to Matt Breida for winning me one of my fantasy football leagues. Rushed for almost 150 yards. On 15 carries. Unbelievable performance. The San Francisco 49ers are for real. We all had questions about them. We all were wondering, was it fool's gold? But the San Francisco 49ers have finally arrived once again. But the Cleveland Browns? Those are not the pretenders, man. What has Odell Beckham done all, all season? Catch a couple balls, threw a couple, threw a couple uh, passes to his uh, to his buddy Jarvis Landry on some uh, on some gimmick plays. What has Baker Mayfield done? He's bottom five in the red zone in NFL right now. Oh, I thought Baker Mayfield was the next coming of uh, of uh, Patrick Mahomes. That's what I hear, at least on Twitter. So all the people that jumped in the Cleveland Browns bandwagon. You can find the comment section. Tell me what's going on. What happened to your team? Where you guys at? You guys look discombobulated. Your head coach doesn't know what he's doing. Your quarterback is clueless. Like I said, in a red zone. Odell Beckham Jr. is more worried about his watches than catching passes. Cleveland, again, just like the Dallas Cowboys, they're just not ready for prime time. And this, again, is a warning for people. Y'all should listen to me when I speak. People clown me for a lot of statements that I make. But a lot of times, I tend to be correct about certain assessments. And one like this especially. I do not fall prisoner of the moment. When this team was put together, I warn people. This is not the NBA. This is the NFL. 
there's a lot of people and a lot of pieces that go in place for a team like this to be successful. Everybody's going to want the ball. Jarvis Landry is going to want the ball. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to want the ball. Baker Mayfield's going to be the star. You have to feed Nick Chubb. The defense, I'm not so worried because the defense is always ahead of the offense in the NFL. That's just how it is. But you named Freddie Kitchens an unknown name, a person who's unproven at the position, and you have to get all these egos to work with you, to work together for one common thing, and that's to win a Super Bowl, to win games. Cleveland has been garbage for years, for decades. When people think of the Cleveland Browns, they think of that one emoji. You know that one emoji, that brown emoji with the eyes? The poop emoji? That's what the Cleveland Browns have been associated with for decades now. The last good image of the Cleveland Browns was Jim Brown. Fitting his last name represents the franchise. But this is why you don't hype teams up. You just don't look at teams on paper and think they're just going to perform based on a name. And that's just another warning shot for Laker fans out there. I am a Laker fan as well myself. One preseason game against the combobulated Golden State Warriors doesn't prove anything. If you've been living under a rock, like I like to say, Anthony Davis has been good his entire career. It's not surprising. He's dominating Unknown centers for the Golden State Warriors. Nothing to prove. LeBron James is just doing LeBron James things. Again, it's preseason. Nobody cares about preseason. The Lakers haven't proved anything. Wait till the regular season starts. And even the regular season doesn't say much. The playoffs is where it matters. That's where you win. And for the Cleveland Browns, if you teeter back to the Cleveland Browns, Right now, they're sitting after week five at two and three with all this promise at the beginning of the season that we're going to win that division. Right now, they look like they probably won't even win eight games. Would that even be enough to make a division title? Probably not. But that division as a whole is terrible, except for the Baltimore Ravens. And we have questions about Lamar Jackson as well because it looks like that game against the Miami Dolphins, just like that Prescott against the Miami Dolphins, was fool's go. I mean, can he really pass the ball? Those are all questions that are raised. But Cleveland Browns fans, again, just like the Dallas Cowboys fans, please, please, dial the tone down. Your team has a lot to work on. Dallas Cowboys fans, y'all need to turn y'all meter all the way down to one, please. Your team is not who you think they are. That don't make any sense. I'm a little confused here, bud. In this week's edition of uh, I'm a little confused, right? Yeah, we mentioned Dak Prescott and uh, his contract situation at the moment. And of course, we went over for weeks upon weeks. And obviously, again, if you haven't really been paying attention, you know what the Dallas Cowboys are right now. What they oh, they 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 they're just a confusing team. They confuse you. They confuse their fans. They play with their emotions. Yeah, one week is up, one week is down. They beat the bad teams and they lose against the good teams. So it makes you wonder. And my question is, I'm really confused about this. Are there people out there who really believe that Prescott is worth thirty five million dollars? 
I don't care what the market is, and I don't care what the market says. Before I've said that, regardless of what profession you live in, you try to make as minimum of what the market offers. But sometimes your employer also knows that you're not worth that money either. And in the position that Prescott is, I try to look at what Jerry Jones is looking at. There must be a reason why he paid Ezekiel Elliott. There must be a reason why he paid a few other players on the team first before he's playing Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones is saying he's going to probably... Jerry Jones is most likely, I believe, is going to pay him his money. Because if you have to make a choice between the head coach and the quarterback, a lot of times it's easier to just make a head coaching change rather than change your quarterback. Because finding quarterbacks, as much as we want to talk about Dak Prescott, he's a decent quarterback. He does the job. But he doesn't do a 35 to $40 million a year job. That type of money is reserved for Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, who is actually going to reset the market to an astronomical amount of money. And it's going to be unfair because whoever is going to make the money after Patrick Mahomes, he have a very high hill to climb. But my point is, Dak Prescott is just not worth that money. And Jerry Jones was right not to pay him. And these last two games prove why why Jerry Jones, he does not, he's not going to say it. But I'll say it for him. He thinks exactly what a lot of us think. He's not worth that money. Why should I pay him that money? You should show me under the bright lights that you can carry this team regardless of circumstance. I make excuses for my team as well as a fan. But there's a line you need to draw when you make excuses. Yes, his left tackle was out. Yes, his right tackle was out. But look on the flip side. He has arguably the best running back in football. Shout out to Christian McCaffrey, who happens to be playing the best football in 2019. But in my opinion, when when uh, Ezekiel Elliott is healthy, when Ezekiel Elliott is in shape, he's by far the best running back in football. You have the best running back in football. You have a top five defense, arguably, the first quarter of the season in Dallas. And you can't perform um, under the bright light. So think as Jerry Jones for a moment, you listeners. Just think, just think about this for a moment. Why should he pay him that money? You go to an interview. Your potential employer asks you, how many do you think we should compensate you? In my line of work, just to give you a good example. In my line of work for IT work, for what I do specifically... The median pays about eighty-five to one hundred and twenty thousand. When anybody asks me if I'm doing any type of interview, anybody asks me what I would like to make, I always go in the medium. I always say, ah, just give me, ah, maybe, maybe between ninety to a hundred. If you want to give me less, I can work with it because I know other things I will want in that package. And then the one thing nobody's talking about in Dak Prescott's case, oh, they give him thirty-five to forty million. The question is, how much is it? Is going to be guaranteed? Because we all know how the NFL works with guaranteed money. We all know how these owners are with guaranteed money. Unless you're Aaron Rodgers, unless you're Russell Wilson, already you're proving yourself, you're not getting that money. Tom Brady's an exception. Because the New England Patriots are an example organization of what franchises need to do in order to be successful over decades. Tom Brady has taken less money for years for the New England Patriots to be able to do this. 
But I don't blame Aaron Rodgers for taking his money either. And I don't blame Russell Wilson for taking his money either. Because on the flip side, as the athlete, you need to secure yourself. But, but, Dak Prescott is hurting himself right now. With every game that he plays like this, because he's costing himself money. His arguments with his agent when he's sitting in that room, dialoguing about signing that new contract or getting that new contract or whatever number, Jerry Jones is going to put in front of him. Jerry Jones is going to say, hey, you remember against New Orleans week four what happened? Hey, do you remember week five against the Green Bay Packers at home what happened? Those are the games you need to shine. Those are the games you need to show that you're worth the money. But you didn't show up. Would you pay him that money? That's the question we need to ask. And I think most of us know what the answer to that question is. Here's by the numbers. This is your stats of the day. Like I said last week, man, this is going to be a continuous celebration of our 50th episode last time. And we're going to continue celebrating for these coming episodes because it's a great milestone. So in this episode of Stat of the Day, the number is five. Guess what? Number five. Number five, the New York Yankees. New York Yankees. I can't even believe this, man. And This is a ridiculous stat. The New York Yankees sweep the Minnesota Twins. This is their fifth division series sweep. The most in Major League Baseball history. That's how good the Yankees are right now. Whoever is in their path, they have to look out. But, with that said, I need to caution you people. Again, don't fall prisoner of the moment. That was a great and amazing statistic. The New York Yankees, with that sweep, you know what all they got? They just got a couple extra days of rest. That's literally all they got. Because in order for them to make the World Series, they have to go through the current champion right now the houston astros those guys are also on a tear they just happen to lose to the uh to the tampa bay race i mean it's bound to happen you're not gonna win every game that's why it's major leagues man but we also have to pay attention to some series out there with some particular numbers out there we need to pay attention to the st louis the st louis cardinals have the most walk off winning games since 2011 you guys remember david freeze 2011 in the world series against the texas rangers uh-huh so, they're going into a game five. The St. Louis Cardinals versus the Atlanta Braves featuring their young stars, Ozzy Albies and Acuna Jr. Then we have on the other side, on the other side, we have the NL between the Washington Nationals with, with Mad Max pushing the LA Dodgers to an eventual game five, which Clayton Kershaw is not going to pitch in. What is happening to Clayton Kershaw? What is going on? Game five, number five, stat of the day. You would expect the best pitcher of this era to be pitching a game five at home in LA? Apparently not. So what is going to transpire from that series? Because as of right now, as of right now, we'll just enjoy the Yankee sweep of the Minnesota Twins. I know you Yankee fans are happy about this, are very happy about this situation. But again, just remember, you only just get an extra, some extra days to sleep, some extra days to relax. Because the upcoming series is really going to be a battle. And I think whoever wins between the Yankees and the Houston Astros, if the Houston Astros make it out, they will probably win the World Series. And that is your stat of the day, baby. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story.
MDX Sweet's edition of Keeping It in Context. For those of you who are, you know, if you're still listening and you are wondering what the Keeping It in Context is, it's, uh, it's a particular topic for the week where, you know, a lot of people overblow it. They think that's just what it is. There's no explanation to it. And I take those topics in combination with numbers and I try to put them together. Just to make sure you understand that, hey, this is this is specifically what this is about and this is the entire picture. So in this week's edition, we're going to talk about the 2019-2020 Los Angeles Lakers. I know over the entire summer, you've been hearing since the Lakers got Anthony Davis that they should be the favorites to win the NBA title. And just like I've been cautioning you with this whole entire episode with the Cleveland Browns, I cautioned you with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to caution you Laker fans out there about this first preseason game against the Golden State Warriors. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to emphasize it again. The Los Angeles Lakers were just not that great on defense last year. The Los Angeles Lakers were ranked top middle tier to top bottom on defense. Their offense was almost top five in the league, but whose offense isn't almost top five in the league? Because, I mean, you can't touch anybody, you can't follow anybody, any you breathe next to superstars, people go to the line. So I don't really consider that any type of gain necessarily. Whoever plays the best defense is going to win the championship. That's just, just, just how it has been since I've been watching basketball. You have the better defense, you dominate, you win. That's how it's, that's how it's been and that's how it's going to continue being. The point I'm trying to make here is, if we look at the Los Angeles Lakers teams constructing right now, they have Anthony Davis at center, LeBron James, and everybody else on that team is to be determined. It's a question mark. We don't know who's really going to start in those positions. Aside from Kyle Kuzma, obviously, at small forward. I mean, what is going to happen after that? Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard, this is his second stint with the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, what is he going to look like? Is he going to dominate? JaVel McGee. I mean, we saw what he did last year. What is he going to do? Is he going to dominate as well? I mean, the Lakers are going to look a certain way. What's going to happen? We don't know any of these things. It's October. All the TV shows are back. Everybody's excited. A new Joker movie. Everybody's hype. You had nothing to do over the summer. So any little thing we all get hyped about. But I'm here to caution you again. I'm here to bring this into context. Bring this into perspective. The Los Angeles Lakers just simply won a preseason game. That's all it is. The Denver Nuggets over the past like three seasons, they almost won every preseason game. And we see what they do in the regular season in the playoffs. Nothing. Doesn't mean anything. That's what I'm saying. Lakers fans, we should be excited that we have Anthony Davis. We finally have a competent team. Most of us really look stupid because we wanted to keep the young core instead of trading away all for Anthony Davis. But then you come to realize that Anthony Davis is a transcendent player. Over the last seven seasons, Anthony Davis has been averaging 25 points and 12 rebounds. Like, come on, bro. Like, why wouldn't you want to trade him? Those numbers, those are facts. Those are just facts. Why wouldn't you want a guy that averages 25 and 12 on your team? And averages almost damn near three blocks a game. Why wouldn't you want that on the team? I get that. But the fact is, we only won one regular preseason game. <laughs> I was about to say regular season game. But no, we won one preseason game. Against a depleted Golden State Warriors team. A team that literally nobody's scared of anymore. Since they lost Kevin Durant. We don't even know what they're going to look like. They're in a new arena. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to show out. You know, it's just what it is. Again, a preseason game. I'm repeating myself because I want this to stick in your mind. It's a preseason game. 
Those statistics are useless. Preseason games are only to make sure you finish off your rotation because at this point already you know who your starters are going to be. You you try to figure out what our rotation is going to be, the final people to sign, you know, the people you're going to give 10-day contracts just to give them an extension, etc., etc. This is what preseason is for. That's all it's for. You know, you, 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 you weed out the things you need to work on. You know, you cut out certain things to make sure everything is done correctly. That's what preseason is for. You shouldn't put much stock into winning a game. I understand. A lot of you is excited. The team, the team looks good on paper. There's a reason why the Clippers is a favorite. And it shouldn't be either, actually, in my opinion. Because they as well have a whole team they put together. But their core has been long together longer. They don't have as many question marks at the Lakers. Some of you might disagree with that, with that, but that's just how it is. Kawhi Leonard just won finals MVP, man. He's the top of his game. So why, why wouldn't he be the favorite? LeBron James is not 27 years anymore. He's not going to be able to dominate like he used to. So this idea, just because James is on the back of his jersey, you guys think this is Miami Heat LeBron James. That is not. LeBron James has significantly declined on the defensive end. He's not what he used to be. That's the reality. I understand. We hate to see our superstars dwindle down and decline. But like they always say, Father Time is unbeaten. So just caution yourself, guys. Matter of fact, I probably should have just named this episode the caution episode. <laughs> but you guys get to just Laker fans, just calm down. There's not a single there's not a single thing to get excited about. We just won a regular season game. So just tune it down, just like the Dallas Cowboys fans. And let us get ourselves together. But I'm with you though. I'm excited for this regular season. Ah, this is the end of episode number 51 of the Statman Sports Podcast. If you're still here listening, man, if you're a first-time listener, you know what to do from the beginning. Hit that subscribe button. Show us some support. Show us some love. If you care about leaving reviews, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would always be appreciated. If you're interested in having designs done, your logos done, you can do that on 99designs, man. We became an affiliate. Something we forgot to mention in the beginning of this podcast. But hey, we got the chance now, man. We have that 99designs affiliate. They designed my beautiful logo, and I'm appreciative to them forever because that's forever changed my life. People now look at that logo and they see, hey, that's a stat, man. So I appreciate it. If you want your logo done for your podcast, you can do that as well. Also, if you guys are interested in trying to read the statistics, if you want to know where I got my research from in order to prepare for my podcast, you can always go on the website and read the podcast notes on statmanpodcast.com. So with no further ado, guys, is anything else to say? You know where to leave them. On Facebook.com, StatmanPodcast.com. On Instagram, StatmanPodcast.com. And on Twitter, on my personal Twitter account, Duffersboy. But for right now, Statman, signing out, baby. Thanks for listening to the Statman Sports Podcast. See you next time.